Dystopia Tonight. Tonight, we have a great guest on. I'm a huge fan of his. I loved, uh, I love everything that he's been in. But I mean, Arliss was always like, you know, must see must see tv back in that you just didn't yep. miss that kind of shit and everybody used to talk about it and stuff it was a great show he was in a ton of movies that i love mistress he was in um he was in good morning vietnam which was an, i mean one of the best movies of all time and he's Ever, got a great yeah. part in that one as well um but he's just guest starred on everything he's super fucking funny um i'm just I, i'm just amazed that he decided to come on with us and, and especially for the last uh, show before we go on hiatus so let's not waste any time let's bring out robert wool Hi, how are you? Hello, sir. What's going on, man? Not much. I want to hear more about your family Thanksgiving, though. I, I, want, to hear, <laughs> I, I want to hear about how, how the I, – I, is your family split politically? Is that what that's about? Oh, my God, dude. 100 So, So half my family, majority of my family is from Brooklyn. You know, I'm from Brooklyn. And so they, uh, they're they Trump people, 100%. Really? Oh, yeah. And not like – because it, it's it's like old school Italian Brooklyn is where they're all from. You know, I don't, I don't I have it. any – I get it. Yeah. So then they're, you know, and they don't listen. I mean, I love them to death. They're, they're, my, they're my family, but they don't, they don't know shit about shit. So they just, they just come over and I think they do it just to agitate. Like me, I think they're like, Oh, you got long hair and a beard now, you know, whatever. And I don't even know what that means. They'll just say those two things to me. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't know what to tell you. I, yeah. And then, uh, you know, yeah, but they don't, they, they're Trump supporters. They think that guy is going to, you know, in spite of everything he did wrong, they think he's going to change the world for the better. And they think the Democrats are um, plotting against humanity and eating babies. And I can't well, sway I, them. I, I understand the part of I, understand. I, I, I can get the part. My dad was a Republican. My mom was a Democrat. Uh, mm-hmm. The I understand the part of the Republican where they don't like the Democrats because they give away everything to everybody else. That yeah. part, I, I understand but yeah. but are they they're not there's a difference between that are they election deniers or no um some of them are election deniers and they think it was rigged some of them aren't election deniers and they think that Trump fucked up and they're mad that he fucked up that i get yeah that so I... yeah so they think so they there there's a there's a decent amount of them who just think that he you know, they're like, you know, if he just did what he wanted to do and kept his mouth shut and I, which i find kind of funny because i'm like yeah, but what he was doing was shitty. And they're like, oh, we know. Uh, yeah, but if know, he just uh, was quiet about it, you know. So. I, have, I have two best men. My, both of my best men voted for Trump. Okay. Both of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not election deniers. But uh, the, what I always heard, what I always heard back then, my brother did not vote for him the second time around. He didn't vote. Right. The, uh, he said I couldn't vote for him. What, do you hear this one a lot? Well, I don't like him, but I like his policies. Yes, yes, 100%. And I keep saying, okay, okay, okay well, what policies? Right. And uh, basically, it's like you know anything that's anti-democrat. The uh, now, by the way, I'm not a democrat. Either. I I have I I don't give a fuck about either. Of them. Right, um, I'm right with you. The uh, you know it's interesting. I, I I'm friendly with Frank Luntz. You know the pollster Frank. Yeah, Luntz? yeah, absolutely. Okay, so he was doing to give you an idea of how much you know people really hate Democrats. Yeah, about I guess it was two three years ago. What was Roy Moore running for that election down in Alabama? Yeah, and they, all the shit came out about him as a thirteen-year-old girl. Right, and, right. And yeah. then so so Vice News sent him down to do a focus group the night before the election of Roy Moore voters. Right. And he went to Alabama. I said, I go, Frank, I got one question I want you to ask. <laughs> You're down in Alabama. Ask them if Nick Saban. The Alabama football right. ran as a Democrat for governor. Would they vote for him? <laughs> he came back the next day. He said, Robert, 
I spoke to these people. If Jesus Christ was running as a Democrat, they wouldn't vote. <laughs> <laughs> I go, okay, I guess that answers my question. Yeah. You oh, know, my God. That happens. I mean. Yeah. They're just diehard party loyalists and they don't have to, you don't, you don't have to think when it's like that. I have a, I have a question for you though. Did you ask Frank? The other side ain't a whole lot better. No, it's not. No, they're not. And that's the thing though. Like I, I get very, very frustrated with having to vote. Like I don't like my hand forced to vote for Democrats. I really don't. Cause I don't like, you know, a lot of the shit that they pull. I don't like that whole unity horse shit that they try to pass along. Like I, like I hate knowing I'm voting for bullshit. But the other side of the aisle is so fucking batshit insane that I can't, you know, I can't be bothered to do it. And the other thing that I think is disingenuous and fake, too, is when a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, the celebrity, I don't want to name names, but tweeters who are always like, always vote blue. You got to vote blue no matter who and all of the shit. And I'm like, can you just be honest about the fact that, like, you would never vote Republican ever? Like, there's not, like, like not just in this particular case, but just come out and say, like, I'm never doing that, ever. Because it's never it's never an even slate where you're like, yeah. man, this is a tough choice. Yeah, no, so, I, have, I, I, I voted for both candidates. I have to say, I'm obviously I'm older than you. What is the worst candidate? I was talking about this the other day. Uh-huh. In my lifetime, at least in my voting lifetime, who was, and I don't mean, I don't mean, I don't mean that they had the worst ideas or the worst. I mean, who was the worst candidate? You said this guy had no chance of I mean, It's like, who was the worst candidate that you ever voted for? Oh, that I ever voted for? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I'll tell you who. John Kerry. John Kerry. Yeah, that guy had no fun. We we knew he had no chance of winning. Did it was what they did. He lose that much? I think he. I th- I, I think know. Bush. I think Bush won by a pretty high margin that year. One, but I, I don't know about how much margin. You know, how, how about how, how about you, Tom? I, th- I think Ross Perot. I, th- oh. I think he was just ahead of his time. Okay, okay, Ross Perot's a good. <laughs> you know what it is for me, Michael Dukakis. Oh, I Dukakis. I'm yeah. a lousy candidate. Billy Crystal told at Robin Williams's uh, memorial service. So they were doing this um, benefit for Dukakis. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're on the podium and, uh, you know, Billy does a little something. Robin does a little something. And they're standing right by as Dukakis is speaking. Right by, mm-hmm. you know. And Dukakis says something about going to about planets and going, and he mentions everything from here to there, from Saturn to Uranus. <laughs> you never say Uranus when Robin Williams is standing next to you. <laughs> oh, so Robin, uh, 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 well, Uranus, my anus, his anus, her anus. <laughs> Dukakis says, hey, knock it off. <laughs> this isn't HBO. So Robin goes into his, you know, <laughs> and he whispers, he stays next to Billy and he whispers, this motherfucker has no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was about the worst. Now, I got to remember, uh, the reason he's the candidate is because Gary Hart fucked up. Yep. Yeah, that, huge. That was the reason. Who would have been a candidate? I don't know if he would have won. But yeah. there was no worse looking candidate. I, I, for for president anyway, uh, that I right. don't think I, I I don't think I, I don't I don't think there's ever been a war that I voted for. Right. I, voted, I voted for him because it was uh, you know my wife is to the left of Lenin, so it was happy wife, happy life. <laughs> 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 That's the, I'm when I look and I go wow, 
fuck did I vote for this guy? What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Who do you, which candidates do you think provided the best material for like political cut, like SNL at the time? Because Dana Carvey had that great Ross Perot and, and Bush senior impersonation. And those two in my head always stand out. And maybe Chevy Chase when he was doing Ford. Ford, Ford was, Ford was more of a cheap shot to me. Right. I mean, because Ford is probably the most the most athletic president we ever had remember the guy was an all-american football player yeah that's true yeah you know he, he was the most athletic but you know he you know tripped going down the stairs so you know it was a yeah, yeah. They, ran, they ran with it it was new it was fun mm -hmm. but uh but i, I love the dana carvey that was great i'm not you know trump is a different category because you know you know the bush thing was funny and bush liked it yeah, you know yeah. He, he got a kick out of it. But Trump, he, he you know, he's such, you know, he's he's, he's Trump. You know, they, yeah. He, yeah. I met him. I'll tell you a funny story about Trump. Now, I didn't know the guy uh, mm -hmm. in the beginning. And when I did Arliss, when I first started writing Arliss, I was looking for a through line. You know, how what kind of how am I going to structure this? I knew it was going to be a satire on the world of sports as told through the eyes of a self-aggrandizing agent. Right. At that time, this is 95, 96, I got a copy of The Art of the Deal. Okay. And I start reading this thing and I go, I don't believe a fucking word of this book. I go, he's telling you how he saw this thing. Yeah. I'd love to know what really happened. And I go, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have Arliss narrate and tell you how great a guy he is and everything, and then we're going to show what we're doing. Nice. In effect, in the opening titles, it says, in the book, exactly, it's a book, it'd be the title. It says, yeah. Arliss, the art of this sports super agent. Right. And, and it's, it was, you know, that, that's totally all Trump. I had totally forgotten about this. <laughs> I had totally forgotten about this until about, oh, I don't know, about three years ago, they were going to stream it on uh, now on HBO Max, and I had to do... Uh, because we were so, it was years ago, we didn't get clearance for a lot of songs, so I had to go back and do this. And that's oh, when I saw it, and I realized, holy shit, I forgot about this, that it was Trump. Now, uh, because the first time I met him was at a roast of, believe it or not, Robert De Niro. Holy uh, shit. Uh, they were talking back then. The uh, And this is actually during, I guess it was around 98, 2000. And I'm on the dais, and I'm sitting next to Trump. And I had never met the guy. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was a punch, but you know, I never met him. <laughs> but you know, so I said, but I'm sitting next to him, it's a social occasion. And mm -hmm. I said, I got it was right after Marlon Maples. Oh. So I turned to him and just to break the ice, I go, are, are you seeing any, you know, I go, Donald, do you see anybody these days? His answer was, Well, you know, I date some of the most beautiful women in the world. Like, motherfucker, he's giving me credits. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, me credits. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it has, I, you know, so anyway, but uh, he's um, actually, actually, I've won a lot of money on that election because I, I told everybody Trump was going to win because yeah. I, I had that little belief in America. I know, um, same. But also, also, I wasn't, I didn't think. It was too close that she had been should have been pulling away by so many more votes than she did. Yeah, yeah. That I was, I thought he's this guy's may win. I mean, yep, he can win. I know. So, you know, 
It was she. The, the thing that made me angry was you could see it as it was happening. She was not campaigning in the states that needed to be campaigned in. She thought she was above it all, and she thought she could get, you know, the intellectuals and shit to just come out in droves. And they don't do that. The, <laughs> We're not. My, I had one thing that, you know, I, I'm a fan of hers. I have to say, I am a yeah. fan of her. Tremendously qualified, obviously. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but did she have one attribute, and this is and this is probably a double standard with women, mm. and it's unfortunate, but as a campaigner, she had this, you know, it's funny, we never use the term grading unless it's on a woman's voice. You know, it's like, he's got a voice that grates. No, it's always, it's women usually. Yeah. It's just like you never hear of a, a crafty right-hander in baseball. You, know, <laughs> you never do. You right. Know. But she had this, um, what's the, she has this way of campaigning where she would go up at the end of her speeches and we're going to take it today. Yeah, yeah. And we're yeah. going to go out there and win. <laughs> we're going to go. And it was like, oh, dear God. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love you. Bill, talk to her. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's it, it's unfortunate. But I, I thought, I thought, you know, I don't think people want to hear this for you. No. Um, it's unfortunate. We saw what happened. So let's move on. You know, yeah. Let's move on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it, you're, you're absolutely right about the way she, infl in, you know, when her inflection, inflection and stuff, because it feels like somebody was backstage hitting a button like, oh, fuck, we got to make her enunciate, Boop, you know, and then she would just do it. <laughs> at the, and you'd be like, went up, which I guess is more campaigners like, but for whatever reason, it wasn't like, we're going to go out there and win. Yeah, yeah. It also came off disingenuous. Like, I never believed, oh, you know, even, even, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even though I knew, you know, I mean, I, I'm no surprise, but I was, a, you know, I, I was a Bernie Sanders guy um, all the way. I love that dude. I mean, when you look at his entire history, you know, he's always been on the right side of history, always fought for the right causes, always reached across the aisle and gotten shit done, wanted to help people all his life. You know, that's a that's a genuine guy who wants to help. But they smeared the fucking shit out of him. Like, le like, I'll tell you this, and I have a screenshot of it. It was a CNN thing, and he was in the lead. And it, and the bottom line of the, of the scroll at the bottom said, Bernie Sanders and COVID-19 can either be stopped. <laughs> I was like, that's your messaging? Like, this guy who wants to give everybody health care? And this slowly creeping disease that's wiping us out? You're going to put them... But that's, what they, that's how they fucking did it, man, because... You know, why would uh, the establishment ever want to pay their fair share? And you think that's the reason Bernie Sanders lost? No, I don't think that's the reason. I don't think that's the reason. Because he of a crawl. Because of a crawl on the <laughs> No, 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 no. Yes, that was. Well, okay, I'll give you another example then. He was, he was in the league. He was a socialist of any kind like that. No, no, yeah. no. No, no, no. The, no, the, no. The, the America, America loves socialists. Yeah, the, the socialist thing, absolutely. <laughs> but I'll tell you another thing that they did too. They, they, it was another uh, CNN thing was going on. He was in the lead. And Amy Klobuchar, that feckless nothing, came in third. And one of the one of the uh, um, reporters said, "You know, technically third place could be the new first. They never at all wanted to acknowledge that this guy, the socialist, was was driving out people in droves. Like the the media went against him. Obviously, the Democratic Party went against him and smear campaigned him. They had to come out 
and actually apologize for doing that shit. It's all, I mean, you know, it's all over now, basically, but it's amazing to me that, like, because of who he was and what he stood for, even though it was all decent shit, they just scared the shit out of everybody with the socialist word. And then the media just kind of, you know, buried him, too. He is a socialist. Let's not back off here. No, no, no. I'm I'm a socialist, too. I want to. I'm one of them. Yeah. You might, I know you can win in AOC's district. You can win yeah. there in that yeah. in her bubble. You know, right. Which is, a problem, which is a problem with the progressive left. It's a big problem. They think their bubble is the entire world. And right. it's not. And right. it is not. Just like the Magnus think their side you know, they're extreme. Uh, right. and, and the progressives think that their world and it's not. You know, the right. rest of the country don't think that way. No, I know. Well, I think the rest of the country does like I think when when you see them, when you talk to them one on one about certain issues, you do find that they lead more towards they do want Medicare for all. Yeah, Every, no one's that issue. That issue. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but what other issue? I mean, there, there's that issue. I think when people understand like the like I understand that like the Bill Mars of the world and I like Bill. I'm a fan of Bill Maher, but he has some ass backwards fucking opinions when it comes to like. Like the idea of free college for people. And then he's like, I don't want to pay for gets to go. Like the amount of shit we all pay for taxes that none of it, like the, the shit that we, our money goes to taxes that we don't need it to go for. I would much rather it go to make sure that people are educated. So like, we don't have morons, like not getting vaccinated. You know what I mean? Like, like I think a proper education, whether we have to fork out some money for it or not is a benefit to society as a whole. I don't know how people don't grasp that concept that you don't want dumb people voting and you don't want dumb people not getting the medicine they need. But I mean, that's been a, that's been a hot button issue because they're thinking of some dumb kid who's like, I don't want to pay for that guy to jerk off in a college dorm. Yeah. But that's, that's a, that's a, a, a small percent. I mean, I've been doing that, but that's a small percentage. I think, you know, you know what I mean? Like, do you feel that way? I don't know how you feel about I, the college I, I thing. I couldn't agree less. <laughs> really? You, you know, no, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I like it. I'm totally with Bill Moore about 99% of the time. Yeah, I, I, he's, so, he's not too bad. I, I'm totally with him about about the college thing. Um, here's my feeling about that. Well, first of all, anytime you, you get the young vote, like you said, you give, away, give them free stuff, they'll say, okay. You give anybody sure. free stuff, they say, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the college thing is... It depends. If you're talking about community college, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with people having opportunities for that. But what do you do to somebody who, uh, let's say, a parent who you know worked two jobs, you know, to save up for their kids' college education, and he had to pay one, but not paying over a hundred thousand over, you know, four years? Are you going to give him that money back? No. Why not? You give it. You give it to him, and I had to work for it, and he's getting the same thing. But not right. The, but oh, if you got. Oh, that's why it's a no. <laughs> no, no, no. But if you got, yeah, but that's not, but, but the whole idea and the whole concept of what our parents fought for is a better, like you're always striving for a better life for your kids and for the people that come after you. Anytime you work a job well, and somebody, way, ha- I'm not saying you can't go to college. It's just like, go, go have free. Give me my money back. I, oh, I mean, I listen, I'm not, I'm all for people getting reimbursed for shit. I don't think that's going to likely happen that they can get reimbursed for it. But when something new comes along technology wise or even scientific advancements for health, you don't go, hey, my grandmother didn't get that kind of cancer treatment. Why the fuck should that kid get it? You know what I mean? 
Like, uh, you don't do I, that. I don't think that's the same issue. I, I don't think that. I think that's the largest. I think, but I think that, I think that, but I think education, we know education benefit. Like, when we look I, at other I countries. Say, talking about a, but you know, just, just to have somebody say that they can go to, you know, some, especially private colleges. Well, you wouldn't do that anyway. Right. But, uh, yeah, private colleges are different. Education is, well, the only thing about the education thing, and it's kind of unfortunate, is that the work, the job marketplace is almost, it's certain what's have, you have to have a degree. Otherwise, yeah. it's very overrated. Oh, I, mean, I agree. Hey, let, let, yeah. you, you and I 100% agree on that. I don't think everybody needs to go to college, but unfortunately, we've, yeah, we've, we've let this system kind of fly where you have to have an education to make a certain amount of money. And you can't make that amount of money unless you go to school and wind up in, in, in like ridiculous amounts of fucking debt. And then you're and just yet, and yet look at all these billionaires who have dropped out of college and started with yeah. everything else and have made and they've all dropped out. Most of them have all dropped out of college. Well, but I mean, like how many what, what billionaires are we looking at, at that didn't like look at Elon Musk? That guy inherited everything he had, like even the even the Trump thing when they call themselves self-made. They're not like give me a million dollar loan. And let me see what I can fucking do with it. You know what I mean? Or like, and and fucking must people to go to college for free. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if I got great. a million dollar I loan, feel great about it. Yeah, if I got a million dollar loan, none of you would ever see me again. So I like just give me the loan. I'll go away. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would argue if you gave everybody in the United States a million dollar loan, I would argue ninety nine point eight are going to blast it off and have a million. I agree. Of, of, I agree. I, I really do feel that way, I but I also feel like, and if you like me, I'm just the guy eating this popcorn, watching it go down, <laughs> like on, on most of this stuff, right? But I feel like I am. It, I think most people, if you would to talk to most people, like one on one in regular conversation, not you can't label it politics, but I think most people are going to find they're going to be socially, like socially socialist, you know, like on those type of terms, but on like, you know, fiscally conservative, right? So I feel like that's that makes sense to me. But not even part. Republicans are fiscally conservative anymore. They just want their own power and their own money. That's the only thing that they want. They don't want, like, we've, we've established that over the years. Like, for a while, they were the fiscally conservative party and they were responsible for the money and it was nice to lean and have that mix, you know, or whatever. But they're not, that's not the case anymore. They spend just as much on complete and total bullshit than anybody else does. I totally think I think the biggest problem with everything. All right, I, I, here are my two here are my two qualms. If you're gonna ask me, one, I think money should not be able to buy political influence. If you take yeah. away all the filibustering and everything, I think that helps the system a lot. Right. Two, I think you got to get. I mean, we have too much information now to be limited to two parties. I don't know why voting Libertarian or Tea Party or wherever you want to vote Green Party. Like, why does everybody else say when you're like, oh, I kind of I'm kind of interested in this person's ideals? They're like, you're wasting your vote. Why would you put it over there? But if enough people wasted their votes, maybe you'd even playing field and we'd get four or five candidates that might have a shot. I don't know. How long would that how long do you think that would take, Robert? Do you think it would be do you think if we had well, like a have, in order if you still keep the electoral college and you'd have to make alliances because it'd be like a, 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 yeah. the messaging or any other kind of thing where you'd have to get enough parties to, you know, make deals that they right. play together. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things about money. We just had an election here in L.A. where the Rick Caruso. Uh, a developer spent like you know, fifty million dollars of his own money, right? And yeah. he lost. And he lost, and he yeah. Lost. And he, to a woman who I don't think had five million dollars. 
Right. So I, and, and, and my friends were big activists with them. And they would say, well, I go, Lee's spending all this money. I go, well, I don't have a problem with that. It's his money. <laughs> it's his money. Yeah. I'd rather him put it out into the universe rather than keep it. And by the way, he's putting it to TV advertising, which is my business. We want to spend more. So I don't know about that. The thing is, I wonder what people, there's a couple of issues that I think you probably, I, I really do think there's a couple of issues. You, It's hard to say in this climate, but I think you could find agreement with a lot of both parties. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think term limits. Oh, I, yeah. I think term limits both parties. Right. I think you see a thing about that. Now, my friends who are uh, uh, big time, uh, well, they're not even socialists. This, this he's, he's a Bolshevik. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're totally against term limits. And I say, really? I go, no, I'm not. I, I think 12 years, you could, you go 12 years of public service. That's enough. Right. I say, if, you can't if you can't accomplish at least a lot of what you set out to do in 12 years, let somebody else try. Yeah. Uh, so otherwise you get all this cronyism, you get all this bullshit redistrict, you know, I think term limits. And I think I hear it on both sides. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like I'm, I'm a baseball buddy of George will. Oh, George nice. and I go to baseball games together. So, okay. and he's a big term limit guy. And yeah. I talk to certain Democrats and their term. I think that is an issue that somebody smart should run on because you want to run on emotional issues. You don't want to talk about the budgets and shit like that. People don't know, but your budgets is a number. Yeah, it's a number. You can't. It's not emotional. Yeah. Abortion was an emotional number. Absolutely. Crime is an emotional issue. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that. But when you talk about inflation, as as important as it was, it's really not emotional. Right. Yeah. But when you talk about term limits and say, let's get these guys out, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Enough is enough. We wouldn't have you know people in there. By the way, I'm not so sure there should be term limits on Supreme Court justices too. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. The. Because, you know, again, it's like Obama wanted, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg to step down and she wouldn't. That's and ridiculous. Her argument that she was, who better than I? And yeah. I would, I would argue back, well, somebody who's going to, I'm going to nominate, he's got the same position as you do, but it's 30 years younger. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. who's better than you? You know, yeah. so like Bill Maher says, what was the game plan? That she wasn't going to die? Yeah, right. You know, exactly. I mean, the people here in the California who were, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know how old uh, uh, Diane Feinstein is. I don't know how old some of these people down south are. Right. Um, you know, somebody. So I, I'm a big believer in term limits. The problem is with the congressman is that, you know, you're two years and you're running every, you know, you, you win, you got to start running again. Yep, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, how could you get stuff done if you if the entire time you're trying to campaign for yeah. the next thing? You got to raise money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and you got to. I think that's more what I meant by like money into. I I don't think putting your money into your campaign is a problem. Yeah, that's I mean, how, how what could they do to Bloomberg? You know, yeah, how, right. Yeah, you could. Anybody could do that. I don't oh, like. Man, they wrecked him. Borrowing money from corporations and now the corporation kind you kind of owe a favor. There's a favor to be owed there when you you know when I'm mm -hmm. fifty million behind on this guy. I'm not gonna be like ah. Uh. Yeah. The other thing too is like they say they wrecked him. He wasn't electable. He oh, absolutely. They wasn't, and neither was Bernie. And neither was Bernie. Bernie would have gotten killed by Trump. Oh, he I don't think so. Destroyed by Trump. I, I think he pulled extremely high against him, and he, and way better than Hillary was doing. It was just that they they burned him out of the system. Yeah, that's not true. 
You don't think so? I could prove. I could prove. He would beat so bad. I mean, he would. It would have been. It would have been. It would have been pretty much Nixon recovery. Trump was the only one that he was worried about. Trump was the only one he was worried about. He didn't want Bernie. To, he didn't want to run against Bernie at all. At all. Because you he, but, think middle America, where Hillary did win states, was going to go for. I I'll mean, tell you why middle america would have because that's where bernie campaigned the hardest over there in, the, in those states in and a those primary in a and, democratic primary it's okay. not unlike trump with a republican primary right. when it comes to the, everybody goes to the middle and if you get the middle and bernie was not getting the middle yeah. bernie was not bernie wasn't the, getting the middle but he was getting the hispanics which he was not get which was not which did not go for hillary right, at all he didn't get that in the beginning either. remember bernie was not getting the hispanic hillary got quite a bit of hispanic vote actually I don't think hey, she did. Move on. Move yeah, we'll on. move on. We'll get it. Let's fine. <laughs> yeah. This is fine. Let's get into let's get into the Robert Wool love. I want to know about <laughs> I want to know about uh your family life a little bit because are you the only performer in your family? Are you the only uh, only entertainer? Yes. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, Union, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, no, my brother's uh, in Wall Street. Uh, mm-hmm. my sister was a school teacher. Oh, nice. So then, what what was the what was the bug that you got when you were younger? Did you would you were you always thinking like I want to be an actor, I want to be a writer, or were you yes, going to do? Pretty much. I always wanted to be in the entertainment business. As a young, I wanted to, first of all, I wanted to get out of union, but, uh, <laughs> but, but no, I did. I, I I had no you know, but I always liked storytelling. I loved the movies. I loved um, you know, I love movies. I loved theater. I love storytelling. I used to like stand-up comedy. I love stand-up comedy. Yeah. I love that whole field. I did love, you know, I, I always wanted to do this pretty much. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's it, I'm, I'm from, I grew up in Tom's River, New Jersey. So I've been to union a bunch. I understand the feeling of wanting to leave your, your, well, I just, by the way, union's a great place to grow yeah. up. Yeah. Great school system. Great. I just, you know, this was not for me. I wanted to go to the bright lights. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember the the decision, the time you and you made that decision that you were going to leave and move and pack everything up and go? My entire life, I probably by the age of seven or eight. Wow, wow. that's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were I you pref- to move? I wanted to tell either side of the, of the camera. I wanted to be part of that. You know, I want. I like uh, drama and stuff like that. I always liked entertainment. Yeah. Were you How always- were your parents with it? Were your parents supportive of it? Pretty good, I have to say. I mean, when I first started going. Um, to the improv starting out in the, the late seventies. It's like my father who was, you know, the businessman, we, there was a, a, my, my family has a very successful, uh, uh, there were wholesalers of fruit. In fact, the business is still around. My family doesn't run it anymore, oh, but wow. uh, the business is still around. It's very successful. Uh, and he knew he couldn't understand me going to work for nothing. Cause you didn't get paid. I would go into New York at midnight to you know perform before 10 people at midnight. Yeah, yeah. My mother was very supportive, but he also knew there was money to be made in the entertainment business. So they were pretty, they were very supportive of that. That was pretty great of them. Nice. Did they come out to see you? Uh, actually, no. Um, what happened was, uh, the story was, I, I got, I, I, as soon as I started um, stand up, I also auditioned to go on the $10,000 pyramid and I won. Holy shit. <laughs> I won, and my father and mother, the day it was airing, my mm. father and mother were at the Safety Harbor Spa in Safety Harbor, Florida. And it was really on TV, so my father, playing Big Shot, was uh, buying champagne for all the tables and they could watch, <laughs> so they could watch me on TV, and I win. And uh, that night, my dad dies in his sleep. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Now, he was wow. a sick guy. 
I mean, I mean, my dad was diabetic, didn't take care of himself, had heart disease, everything I got pretty much. Uh, but oh, I think no. he was only 53. Uh, oh, no. So, you know, he, he didn't take, but uh, no, they never, my, my mom saw me. She actually went to the premiere of Hollywood Nights and was totally embarrassed that her son was in that movie. <laughs> Absolutely embarrassed. Absolutely. How, what kind of movie is this? You know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. How were you she, knowing she was watching anyway, it? You no, know, she told me. Oh. The, uh, they did see my work though, because I was I immediately started writing jokes for Rodney Dangerfield, and nice. they saw the jokes and heard on the Tonight Show that Rodney did that I had written. So they were kind of cool with that. Oh, that's, that's great, cool. Man. That's yeah. one of the things we've had like a, a running theme on this show whenever we've had comedians on and stuff like that. I just get the impression that Rodney was unbelievably kind to younger comics and writers and stuff like that. Is that the, that the uh, feeling you had in the relationship you had with him? Ah, kind. Is kind the right word? He was good. Rodney's special. Rodney, Rodney was special. Uh, he loved comedy. Mm -hmm. He loved comics. He was a partier and a half. I don't know how much you know about Rodney. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rodney, Keith Richards, like nothing on Rodney. Uh, <laughs> more heroin. He didn't go to smack, but I okay. mean, blow and shit like that, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But at the same time, Rodney could be tough on comics because if he would go to the club and he didn't like what you were doing, he'd heckle the fuck out of you. Really? He, oh, he was great. He, oh. was, he had no. He had some of these observational comics who didn't say anything. He would say, wow. you know, guys would say, you know, I was driving my car the other day. And why do you always have to turn it to the left rather than the right? And Dangerfield will go, hey, motherfucker, tell me a joke. I mean, he's in the audience. He said, tell me a joke, motherfucker. He goes, what you going to tell me where I buy my shoes? He can be tough, but he loved, I mean, he was, and, he, and the more out there he liked, I mean, he loved Dice Clay. He loved Jim Carrey. He mm. loved uh, 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 Kinison. He yeah. loved, you know, Bill, Bill, uh, uh, Bill Hicks. Oh, um, Hicks, yeah. He, he loved the people who were out there. He also nice. liked Jared Seinfeld because he thought of him as a really good craftsman. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, that was uh, th like there was a, a story that I heard uh, on some special or something like that for Rodney. But it was I remember he Robin Williams was kind of talking about his, uh, his stage performance, like when he would go on stage. And he said, you know, Rodney was always a little insecure, like a type of guy. But he, Robin said he was hanging out at Dangerfield's. And Rodney is getting ready to go on. He's standing next to Robin, and he just goes, "Look at me, I'm sweating. I own the club." <laughs> right before he's about to go very on. Very hit, very funny off stage. Very funny. yeah, very funny. Do you Excellent. remember the first joke you wrote for him? The first joke, which is something you couldn't write to. In fact, I saw it on. It's interesting. I see some of these uh, Rodney Dangerfield routines on the Tonight Show on YouTube, and mm -hmm. I say about thirty percent of the jokes you couldn't do anymore. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it was so fat, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. First joke I wrote for him that I think he did. I knew, it's like, I'm trying to lose tell you more right now than last week. I was in wrong shit, you know? <laughs> I, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. Trying to lose, so I went on the rice diet. You know, all day long, morning, breakfast, lunch, dinner, I eat rice. He goes, I'm losing weight, but I keep wanting to fold my shirts. <laughs> you know? well, now that's a joke you would not be able to do nowadays. That's uh, yeah. true. But that's yeah, such a good fucking joke. Well, there's a lot of good jokes, but you, but you know, I understand things change. Time change. Yeah, yeah, Everything absolutely. Most things are generational. I really believe that. Yeah, most things are generational. I mean, look at taste in movies and. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just uh, 
you know, and I'm and sure some, my parents, or, or my, my parents thought the same thing about all my movies, right? You know, because it, you know it was like, oh, what is this shit? Because you didn't see movies like when we saw movies, you know, or when, when my, or even like ball players. You say, who's the best ball player now? Oh, Mike Trout's the best ball player. Darren Judge, but yeah, well, you didn't really see, let's say, Barry Bonds, or before that, right. you didn't see Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays, and before yeah. that, the Maggio. I mean, it's all generational, right? Yeah, right? but do you yeah. think the pendulum swings back too? Do you think it's going to go like where you can't say so many jokes? Do you think it's the pendulum's going to swing in the other direction eventually? Where it's no holds barred again? No holds barred, probably not. But, it, you know, the, the really good craftsmen, the really good craftsmen can find a way. You may not be able to tell the same joke, but you'll be able to alter a joke in a different way. Uh, by the way, it also depends who's telling the joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, for example, if, you know, maybe an Asian comic could tell that joke. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. You know, it all depends who's telling the joke. Who's telling the story, as I always say? Who's telling the story? Yeah. Is there anybody that you like now that's out and about? Have you been out to the clubs? No. Um, if I, not much of the clubs. Uh, the same comics, like, uh, I, you know, I think Chris Rock is. is, is oh, yeah. Good. You know, I'm fascinated by Chappelle. Yeah, I did think... you see the SNL thing? Yes, I did. What'd you think? I thought it was. I thought it was good. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not that super sensitive, you know. But I. I understand. But I. You know, I think he's such a great storyteller. He I is. Like I'll tell you who's. A, a, you know, great storytellers. I like. I think Sebastian's a terrific storyteller. Yeah. I think. Um, I'm trying to think who else really jumps out at me is really good. Dead uh, generational. Jay. Jay Leno is a great comic. Yeah. I mean, Jay is a great comic. Mm -hmm. Um. You guys, he's got jokes. Um, uh, I'm trying to think who else jumps out at me. <laughs> Have you talked to Jay since he had that accident? Actually, I just spoke to his wife about an hour or two ago. Oh, no, how is he? Yeah. He's home already. You know. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, Good for home. him. Uh, knowing Jay, he'll be uh, doing stand up in about two weeks. He'll I be know. back at the Comedy and Magic Club. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's he great. Will be. He yeah. Will be. He is. Uh, Jay's a really good guy. He is. I, I mean, I saw some clips of his, got to be from the 70s in the improv. He's wearing a hat. And he, I mean, the material still holds up, man. It, and it's sharp. And it's super, you could see even then why he crushed. Always was. And by the way, if you want to see something, watch when he used to be the guest on Letterman. That's okay. why he was, he, he would kill, he would, he would destroy when he was on Letterman. Oh, nice. Destroy. Yeah. In the early, in the early show, when Letterman had the late show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You had some great appearances on late night TV. Do you do you envy? Do you understand like those that the feuds and stuff like that? Do you understand the the struggle for the Tonight Show? And did because you were a, did you get that? Did you understand it? I understood it in different ways because mm. I know all these guys and I like yeah. them. I like Conan and I felt the bottom line, and maybe it's because of the the sports or maybe because of uh, my dad's business background. At the end of the day. He wasn't getting the numbers. Right. He yeah. wasn't getting the numbers. And this is a business about numbers. Mm. So I, I I don't think Jay stole it or anything like that. If anything, Jay played the good soldier going to 10 o'clock. Um, the fact that Jay didn't have a big agent tells you something about him. He believes in these, these yeah. lawyers. He's got no agent, no manager. Like, well, just... he yeah, he had a manager. Oh, and he... Then he lost the, he left, that was Helen. And then he had to drop her. I think he had he had an agent booking agent, but he didn't have you know the big powers to be like Conan had. And sure, and Conan's terrific too. But yeah, as far as the Tonight Show, he wasn't. You know, it was like 
you know, and by the way, I love Kimmel. You know, I yeah, love. Yeah. I love. I like all these guys. Um, so, uh, but as far as a few, the comics have always had feuds. Yeah. Do you think they <laughs> they do? Do you think do you think it holds the weight and the power that it used to anymore? Like, do you think? Oh, God, they can, no. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't know what does uh, anymore. The world, though, again, generational. You only had three networks when you were on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Mm. I mean, that's Johnny Carson. That was a whole different kettle of fish. You killed on the Tonight Show. You had a career the next day. Right. Nowadays, I, I don't remember. By the way, they don't use many comics. Right now, nowadays they don't yeah. use medical. I mean, I must have done. I don't know how many tonight's. I did a few, but I did a lot of Merv Griffin's. And yeah, Merv loved comics, and Merv it goes underappreciated because Johnny would have comics on that were much safer mm. until they were stars. Then he'd take them on. Steve right. Martin would come on. He didn't like it at first. I mean, really? he had no part of Kinsey. Pryor had no part of Pryor until they became stars. And hey, the funniest man in the world. Right, whereas Merv would put on young comics and stick with it. Right, do you yeah. do you miss doing stand up? Are you still writing bits in your head and writing stuff uh, down? Not much. I do. I miss doing stand up. I haven't done it in quite. I did only briefly. Uh, I host stuff and I, I did the history show. The monologue. Yeah, I like that a lot. That was great. Uh, thank you. Um, do I miss doing stand up? I feel what I don't miss. I don't miss. I don't miss drunks. That's one of the reasons I left. I don't yeah. miss. Them. Now, if I was. Doing stand-up on a bigger level where it was arenas paying to see me, which I never got, uh, which I never achieved. Uh, I mean, I would headline, but that was never sure. the big draw. The uh, That would be different because you wouldn't have the hecklers and, and the drunks. And, right. And drunks. I'm not a big fan of drunks. Um, so do I miss it? I, I used to miss the time on stage to a point because you, but you wish I'd come up with stuff new. And I, I was actually more interested in long-form stuff. Uh, but I, but I do like the interaction. I miss the interaction with an audience for sure. Um, whether but I used to have when I wrote a play, I like that or something. But uh, I do miss the interaction that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you're always very fast, I, I, man. I, 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 I use I use stand up comedy to, as a as a tool to get to my next step. I never went out to become a stand up comic. Right. Mm -hmm. Were you were you still doing it? Because did it go from for you for like. Uh, stand up comedy, and then when you started, when you did in Good Morning Vietnam, were you still touring? Were you oh, still yeah, doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, because stand up comedy all through pretty much through Arliss, pretty much. Mm. And then, then, then I did the history thing, and then, yeah, then I stopped because, uh, you know, stand up comedy is, uh, and also your audience is, is, as you get older, you know, the audience is young, and yeah. You know, unless you're taking the audience with you, it's like Bobby Slayton, the great comic. Love says, Bobby. You know, you know, well, you know. But he says when you get to a certain age and you get to like 55, the audiences would rather pay, you know, a hundred dollars to see Bill Maher mm. than to pay twenty dollars to see you. <laughs> right. You know, I, and I yeah. understand that. Yeah. So there's totally. That. Yeah. I, or you know, if they want to go see Lewis Black, they're going to pay to see Lewis Black. Right. Right. You know, they're, they're not going to go with rare exceptions, I imagine. Uh, and I, by the way, I have friends who do that, but they and they really. And I never also I was I was also late to the party with social media, which didn't help. Um, uh, I know. Uh, but you know, I I, do, I I don't I miss the camaraderie. I I don't miss being on the road in yeah. comedy clubs and stuff like that. Um, right. Don't miss that. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, the camaraderie to... for you guys. Oh, the, well, the camaraderie for you guys is one of the things I love the most because I used to, I have all. I'm like I was a comedy nerd when I was in high school and before doing stand up myself. 
But like, you know, reading those books back in the day, did you guys know that all that stuff was like kind of happening where you were like, you know, seeing everybody in movies and TV? Like first you guys start out at these clubs and then all of a sudden you're starring in stuff together. Um, you know, you're seeing each other on late night talk shows on TV and in movies. Were you guys like aware what was happening at the time? Well, there and how special it was, or were you just having fun? Well, I mean, well, we're talking about comedy stars throughout time have always been, you know, in show business. I mean, the voice of sure. Jack Benny and you know, all those people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, with the stand up comic stuff, mm -hmm. it really started not that it started, but the improv and catcher rising star era, you know, from the it starts in the 70s, right. And then you have, they came over in waves, you know, it was, it was Leno and, and, and uh, Elaine Boozler and yeah. that wave there. And then I was in the next wave with me, Jerry, Larry, uh, Paul Reiser, Keenan. And then after us, there was another wave, you know, and all, Robin was in there. Right. Uh, so, you know, you were seeing, also before me was Freddie Prinze and oh, David right. Reiner and Steve Landisberg was before me. Uh, those, that was that wave. So it was constantly going, but you were seeing, you are getting, and the thing about stand-up comics is they're cheap to hire because they're self-contained. You know, they got to, mm -hmm. you have to hire a writer. Um, <laughs> so it was that, and it, and, and it was it was fun. You know, it, it, you, you romanticize about it now. Back then, you were trying to get a gig, you're trying to get a good spot, you're trying to get more money, you know, you're yeah. trying to go on TV. Uh, so we romanticize about the days now. I mean, the stories, the drugs, and you know, whatever it is, the comedy story—that's all true. That's mm. all. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't miss that too much. Um, yeah, that's that's not. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of ties into my question. So you said you don't, you didn't like dealing with the drunks and the this and the that. Right. Were you part of the party scene? Because I feel like a lot of comics were part of the party scene. And then did you separate yourself from that? Or not on stage. I, it's like not when you're on stage with hecklers, with drunks. No. Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. no I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not partying while I'm on stage. While I'm at work. You know. No, I don't like drunks. And it's really difficult a lot of times with drunk where somebody brings a, a date and they get drunk because now what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. I don't want a guy coming up and you know starting a fight, but at the same time, and then club owners are depends on the club owner. But a guy like Mike Lacey would throw somebody out immediately, but a lot of club <laughs> owners are very hesitant to throw out paying customers. Absolutely, uh, and uh, I, that's, I, I didn't like that. I, did, I didn't appreciate. They're it. still like that. It's fucking unbelievable. Like they'll 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 let you get hurt first, and then they'll be like, "All right, break it up," and you're like, "I'm already yeah, bleeding." I'm already get it, and it's very difficult. Stand-up comedy is the most difficult thing to yeah. do, more than anything I've ever done. It's very, very difficult. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't miss that personally. I, I, there are times like I'll go down to comedy and magic club. Uh, my goddaughter had never seen me perform, so about about two years ago, I went down and I did. I said, "Okay, let me choose And I did about ten minutes, and I had a great time actually. Nice man, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun. I love the comedy magic club. That does seem to be like the classiest comedy. You yeah. know what I mean? The, the audience is great. The comics are always amazing. Yeah. 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 My first time there, I think I saw Leno, Mario Joyner. Um, um, oh, uh, God, I can't think of his fucking name now. I'm blanking on his name. Skinny, skinny dude, older, white. Um, Probably Jim Brogan. Jim Brogan. Thank you. Holy shit. That was great. I was like, that's not going to narrow it down. And you were like, I got this. Oh, I, right. fucking know. I know the crowd. Yeah. On. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Brogan. Uh, yeah. He was fucking Jim hilarious. There was another one. I don't um, think I got yeah. to see him. Here's a story. When I, when I was, first started, 
I, I was working in Catch a Rising store, and one of the first paydays I ever had was they would have these dates, Catch a Rising star on tour. Mm-hmm. But what they do is they usually have two comics and a singer, usually a girl singer. And you go up to the colleges, I probably maybe got $150, maybe. Right. But it was great because you got a crowd, you know. It's like, and I was doing Cornell. And I forgot the other comic. Might have been Glenn Hirsch or Bob Shaw. Okay. But I was doing on stage, and an undergraduate in the audience told me later mm-hmm. that he saw, he went to the comedy show, and he saw it and said, I can do that. Uh, and it was Bill Moore. Oh, wow. Bill saw me, and I, no, no, wait a minute. I don't know if he said, I can do that, or I can do that. That's how you put the influence. Now, the most interesting thing I'm about to see is the girl singer that night was just inducted uh, last week into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it was Pat Benatar. Oh no way! I I love that. That was great. Yeah. 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 Did you see the whole show? I want. Yeah. The great thing about having a VTR Hmm. is on shows like that. Yes. Because you know, there's certain acts that personally are just you know. So some of it, most of it, I really like, but there's certain acts you know. Oh, I know. I, I know which one you're talking about, too. I was oh, sitting there. There's more going, than one. Yeah. <laughs> there's more than one. <laughs> but it's I, all generational. Again, it's all generational. But yeah. uh, I just, um, wait, wait, let me just tell my wife I'm doing a podcast. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, Barb, I'm doing a podcast right now. I'll be in afterwards. Bye. The, um, so, uh, you know, so. But a couple of things I just thought were so good. I mean, yeah. what was interesting to me? I mean, it was great. Eclectic, uh, it was so eclectic that I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I really, and some of the speeches, I mean, John Mellicamp, Jesus, what a great I speech. I know. What a great speech he gave. And, yeah, uh, right? Beautiful. And, and watching, uh, I mean, it was great to see the Arrhythmics. And it was great to see, you know. Yeah. And, and, and the ending with Dolly Parton was really kind of cool. Right? I, I, you know, it's like the love for this woman yeah. is so cool. And everybody getting on stage together, usually they have the jam, you know, but they did. The jam was, was Dolly. Yep. Uh, now, they did do the Jerry Lee thing with uh, a bunch of people on before, but uh, yeah. it was, you know, it was. Yeah, really- they, all, they were all on stage for the last one. And plus, it was just cross generational, man. Everybody loves Dolly Parton. There's she, nobody that doesn't she love is her. She's amazing. She is. Yeah. She's remarkable, though. Yeah. Respect and love that everybody had for it really is wonderful. And they all sounded great too. You know, sometimes those guys lose their voices or they don't do. Lionel Richie was great bringing down the house. You know, yeah. It was really, I mean, the the rhythmics and you know, there's a like I said, there's a couple of acts. I just for me, just don't do it. Sure. Yeah. So. um, Yeah, I fast forwarded a couple there. Yeah, that's (laughs) the thing about having four hours. I tried to watch the uh, the AMAs. This I'm I'm 38, but I want I tried to watch the American Music Awards. I had no idea who half of the people. I was like, "Don't know them, don't know them, can't fucking stand them," and I was just like, you know, flipping through. It was pretty bad. It was a, it was an awful night. But you know, that's just, you know, now I'm getting old. I guess. I don't know. Unless you're a Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> yeah, no. She oh my god, she got tickets the other day. So oh, she, she did. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They're hard to get. Oh yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Ticketmaster, fucking cleaning up, man. Yeah, well, it's when you have a monopoly. It's it's, yep. it's, it's good to have it's like baseball teams. It's like sporting franchises. Absolutely. When you got a monopoly, it's uh, when, when is comedy going to get a monopoly? Do we ever get into the spot into the limelight? Are people ever going to be fighting over our tickets? 
Well, I mean, there was a time. I mean, Robin and, and, and Steve Martin and uh, Dice, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Dice. Uh, uh, who was that guy? Was so excited. Dane Cook at one time. Oh, right, right. Yeah, Dane yeah. was fucking. There was, there's people out there who could. I guess Kevin Hart, you know, or just uh, George Lopez. Yeah. There are, there are people out there who can really sell tickets. That's true. Was there anybody that you emulated when you first started? Somebody that you admired? Oh, oh sure. Uh, when I first, when, when you first started, you're a kid, you take it from everybody. Yeah. Uh, Rodney, Woody okay. Allen, big time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, um, well, it was Klein and Carlin. I mean, those two. I mean, I got to work with George for a month every day. Uh, oh, no way. Oh, that was one of the great things. Is that there was a special on HBO they were going to do called Twenty Years of Comedy or Thirty Years of Comedy on HBO. Right. It was it was basically a clip show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were celebrating it, but they had to have wraparounds. So George was going to host it, and they hired me. I was between gigs right there, and uh, they hired me to work with George. Wow! And so I would go to his office every day for a month, and for like four hours a day, five, and we would just sit there. And I would guess we worked about on comedy, maybe maybe an hour the rest of the time we just talked about life and everything and nice it was, it was really a pleasure i mean that's really carlin was very very special and uh, you know he never voted ever in an right election. yeah never. he'd like he'd like to watch it all walk, go by and i understood that i understand it you know i was yeah. telling my i was telling my friend who works you know he works in politics i go here's the problem with the country you got two parties one party is incompetent and the other party is evil <laughs> So, you know, I go, that, that's the problem. You know? Yes. So, um, yes. Yeah, so that was, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, I, I like, those are the people I emulated. Uh, but but a lot of other ones. I mean, there was early guys, uh, you know, when I grew up watching a storyteller like Myron Cohen. A, a guy who's totally underrated was the great Alan King. Alan oh, King, yeah. Alan King was a motherfucker storyteller. Yeah. Um, great storyteller. Great routines. Um, who else did I watch? You know what movie I love with Alan King in it? And I never see it on TV. I think I may have a copy of it on VHS somewhere. Do you remember Memories of Me? Yes. With him and Billy Crystal. I love that movie. Oh, next time I see Billy, I will tell him that. Oh, my God, please. It is one of the best, like, father-son movie, like, ever. Like, it's so good. I'll tell him. He'll appreciate that. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. Uh, I love Alan King. Didn't Alan King used to have a, uh, um, a a talk show where he would talk to comedians or something like that too? On yes, he did when Cable first started. I was on that's there. what I thought. Yeah, that was a great, that was yeah. a cool show too. I remember seeing that when I was a kid. Alan, great. You know, it's it, and it's funny how things change. I think about Alan, then I thought of Steve Allen. Oh yeah. And, and well, Steve Allen was different. Steve Allen was a giant. Mm. Well, he had the first Tonight Show. Um, yeah. And he was, and he was. In the beginning, he was just fearless. I mean, he used to have Lenny yeah. Bruce on. Right. He, uh, you had Lenny Bruce on, and he was got smack, smack. And yet, mm. as he got older, and this happens to everybody, he got very conservative. Mm. And uh, what happened, and, it, and, it, and it, it turned on me a little bit in a weird way. What happened was, this is like 19, I'll say the late 90s, around 2000. Uh, they were given the Mark Twain, PBS was doing the Mark Twain Awards. And they were honoring the great Jonathan Winters, another you know great comic. Amazing, yeah. By the way, when people talk about prop comics, you know, they put them in. I never had this kind of ranking system because I said, "Well, Jonathan Winters is a prop comic." And, yeah. You know, come on. The um, <laughs> Dangerfield again. Dangerfield always had this ranking system, you know. <laughs> and, and he would talk about impressionists, you know. Uh, and he was, he was a comic. Named, there was a great impression named David Fry. 
uh -huh. the contemporary and Rodney hated him. You know, <laughs> Rodney would say, "Oh, it's fucking David Fry. He's a fucking impressionist. Impressionist. That's one step above a juggler." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so there was this thing about Jonathan Williams, and I was one of the people presenters. I was one of the people, uh, you know, present not presenting, but you know, one of, did about a dozen comics. Right. And what I was, my job was to introduce a film clip, a very famous film clip of Jonathan Winters uh, doing his baseball pitching routine. And uh, if you watch it on, on, on YouTube, it's wonderful. It. It'll make it's you so laugh. Good. It'll make you laugh. Yeah. So what I did is I, and I was doing the Arbor show at the time, so I put together the starting lineup for comedy. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, um, you know, I said, leading off, and I said, leading off would be the namesake. By the way, this is Black Tie Kennedy Center. Right, right. Off would be, and by the way, everybody's. I mean, it's Robin's on this show, Belzer's on this show. I forgot who else is on. Uh, Sid Caesar and Steve Allen and wow, Andy Dick. Yeah. And I think Whoopi. I mean, so I go, okay, leading off, you know, I'll put the namesake of our show. Mark Twain would be the first comic, you know, writing the great adventures of Tom Sawyer watching his own funeral or the funny <laughs> adventures of Jim, uh, of Huckleberry Finn rafting down the Mississippi and with his funny slave Jim. <laughs> and, then, and then I said, batting third last year's uh, recipient, Richard Pryor, a man who once said, fuck Mark Twain. Right? <laughs> well, the place exploded in laughter. Right? Right. And I went down to the lineup, batting fourth, and then, and then batting ninth and pitching, and I led into the film clip, Jonathan Williams. And it went great. Nice. It's so great that in the actual show, I was on about mid-show, about an hour and a half, two hours in, but when they showed the broadcast, it led off the broadcast. Oh, so nice. Was, Okay, that's it. Now, a lot of comics didn't do well that night. Andy Dick, I would be removed from the show. And Steve, Steve Allen and Sid Caesar did a bit that didn't go over at all. It wow. didn't work at all. And it got cut from the show. Mm -hmm. Now, the day, I don't know anything about this. The day before the show airs, Steve Allen goes to his buddies at the, at the New York Post, which is a conservative paper. Mm -hmm. And he said he got cut from the show. But had I known that I was going to be on with such filth as Robert Wall. I wouldn't have agreed to do the show. Now, mind you, Belzer and and and, and Robin have said fuck about a dozen times before I was on the show. You know, so he was after me. And I said, you know, and, and it was more disappointing than anything else because, yeah. because, you know, this was an idol. This was an idol. And he got so conservative, you know, but that happens with people. You know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a shame, man. Yeah, no, that happens, you know. But it's all like I said; it is generational. It is yeah, comic but he had to just take that shot because you had such the big laugh on it. I right. feel like that's why he went he, for he it. He took the shot because he got cut off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, he was just hurt by it. Yeah, I get that. I get, yeah, you know, and he's older, and it's like, but it does happen. Uh, wow. You know, that's that's what happens. Did you see when yeah. that, when something like that happens? Do you just kind of read it and kind of take it, or did you have the impulse to call and try to like? Oh no, I just was, I was, I was kind of hurt a little bit and just yeah. Call what the fuck? I call him for? <laughs> I love that attitude I'm though. That's great. Apologize that I got a big laugh and he got cut out. Right, exactly. Or yeah. just be like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, that's great, man. Um, I love that attitude. So I, I want to ask you about, were you close with Belushi? Because you guys did Police no, Squad together. No, no, I didn't do Police Squad with him. Uh, you did No, no. What happened with John? John didn't do Police Squad. He did one quick thing. Uh, his good buddy was a writing partner of mine named Tino Insana. And Tino, uh, with Police Squad, what we did was, uh, you know, was always in the opening credits. Tonight's guest star is, 
and we would kill them in the opening credits. And right, so yeah. the last show, uh, Tino got John, who was a Second City friend of his and a dear friend, to do the opening credit. And it was like an anvil from like the top, you know, going through the water, blah, 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 blah. You know, so the black cast star John Belushi. Last thing he ever shot. And oh, then he dies about a week later. I've never seen the clip. Somebody okay. does the clip. Uh, Police Squad was great. I mean, it was, it, however, it was very... Police Squad is sort of a turning point because it, we knew we were doing such good work, but it was so... Uh, what's the word? I'm not the, what's the word I'm losing when it's like your hopes go dashed and you say, well, I guess this ain't the way the world works. Right. Um, because uh, the same week that we were, I think, number 63 out of 65 shows, Joni Loves Chachi was number two. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's disillusion. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. It wasn't, so that was, that's when I said, you know, I got to make a decision here. Where am I going? What direction am I taking myself? Because right. uh, this, we knew we were doing good work. And I remember the head of ABC one time saying at the line why he took it off the air after four after we did six they showed four and they took us off the air. They uh, he said, well the problem with police squad is you have to watch it now, which which it's a ridiculous statement on its own merit, but I knew what he was talking about because we had sight gags. Nobody uh, had sight gags. Right. You know? Now remember the police squad the stuff that we didn't use. And they, the other stuff that they had we were going to do wound up becoming the Naked Gun series. Okay. So I had nothing to do with that. But, uh, uh, yeah, but uh, Belushi didn't have I, – I think I met Belushi maybe once. I didn't love him. Okay, okay. Yeah, I got that. I got that kind of mixed up. Um, so then w take me through the process of, like, going through that kind of stuff. And when you finally, like, sat down to figure out Arliss and kind of write that, was it like – was that something that was going on in the back of your head the entire time you were working? Like, I want to make my own series. I want to write this particular character. Were you building that along the way? Well, I wanted to do movies. Uh, but what happened was uh, – and I did uh, – you know, and, and what happened was HBO – I had a relationship with HBO. I did mm -hmm. a Canadian show. Yeah. I did that. 20 years of, you know, so I had a relationship with him. And then Mike Tolan approached HBO about doing a spinal tap of sports show. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So they knew that I liked sports. And so they said, see if you get Robert Wall involved. You know, so they met with me and I said, I, I don't want to do a spinal tap. I see that on the Muppets. I see. I go, what I would do is a mini series, a series based on a sports agent. Now, sports agents had not been touched back then. This is before Jerry Maguire. Uh, right. so it was fresh territory, not that, you know, not that one precludes the other. I mean, there's more than one top show, the, yeah. uh, you know, so, so I did that. And then, uh, it took like, Jesus, it took like three years to get it on the air because the head of, uh, of HBO at the time, Michael Fuchs, he would not give us the green light. He, I really? think he was embarrassed by HBO's first hit under his watch, which was First and Ten, which, you know, had OJ, and it was a real tits and ass show. Right. But it was it. And I think he was embarrassed. because He always thought of himself as a sports maiden. So he was, and I kept telling him, Michael, that's not what this is going to be. And right. he gets fired, and then Chris Albrecht takes over, and Chris what, originally was the manager of the improv. Who put yeah. me and so Chris knew me, and he backed me, and he gave me the green light to go ahead, he gave us the green light to go ahead and do it. Wow. So that's how that happened. That show evolved because you, you know TV series do evolve. Um, right. They have to, but they don't. They're not going anywhere. Um, did, so, 
did you like like i mean because uh, you know comedians can go either one way or the other you know like you started out writing for rodney and stuff like that and then you had obviously wrote your own material and then you kind of built the writing career up did you really like did when you finally got to do Arliss and you were you know a big part of the writing stuff and everything and, and putting it together were you like i that was it for you were you like i love writing and i love acting and i want to only write my own stuff like did that like it was that like the uh, clarity point sort of um i remember i created Arliss. I, I controlled Arliss. yeah you know, as, as my manager would say, you know, I controlled the ply of the toilet paper on that show. Um, <laughs> you know, like, you know, I was, you know, we broke the stories. I mean, I, I, every, you know, that, I had great people working with me. I had wonderful people. And the show grew, for, you know, because the, it was interesting because in the beginning it was all comedy. And then mm -hmm. I started getting much more into social issues. Yeah. And it wasn't for everybody, although it did, it did turn out that way. Uh, that in the beginning we were like seventy-two percent male, and by the end of the show it was fifty-three percent women. Right. Wow. Now that said, it was also because I had to follow Sex in the City, uh, right. and so I had to hang on to as much of that female audience as I could. And then I had an ace card in the hole with Sandra O. Right. So yeah. you know, I just said, let's give her more stuff. Let's get get her because she is a treasure. Um. So, uh, but I but I got dark. I mean, it's like. The thing now that people keep talking about is all the, never, this is 20 plus years ago. And mm -hmm. you were doing stuff on transgender athletes, but gay athletes, yeah. uh, steroid abuse, uh, alcoholism, uh, um, coaches cheating, uh, Alzheimer's. Uh, right. We were doing all these issues. Now, it was always funny. It yeah. had to be funny. I was a big believer in that. Fun. But I could tell darker stories, and I loved that. Yeah, I, I, I love that. But we get darker, darker stories. Are you yeah. a fan? Because you were ahead of your time. And I go, yeah, I guess, but I'd rather be of my time than have Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> are you Are you a big fan of the reboots and shit that's going on? Have you ever thought about bringing Arliss back? Yeah, I have. HBO has it, and they own the show, so oh, that's, hmm. that's a bit of the problem. You know, we were always the stepchild over here, and then when Chris left, uh, that changed. You know, changed a lot, right? Damn, man. I don't, that's, I, don't, I don't think I've watched any reboot of anything, I don't think. Um, they're hard to watch sometimes. I don't know. Some of them might be better. I have no, I don't watch them. But most of the time, I didn't watch the originals. Uh, we know yeah. it was actually a good reboot. Yeah. And then they, you know, they they tossed her out on her ass. The Roseanne, when Roseanne came back, they like evolved those characters. The, the story was great. Goodman um you know uh uh laurie metcalf like all those they they all wrote those, those characters again perfectly and then of course you know they they fucking booted roseanne off of it and then that was it but that was a good reboot they actually worked out oh, that I, well i had heard that i had heard that oh yeah yeah that was a, that was a cool the other ones i don't know I, I i feel like they just they they try to keep every in spite of everybody aging they try to leave them in the exact same place they were yeah, in that, that is that that's that's Again, it's generational. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, you know, they're of their time. So you don't, you don't know. Yeah. Do you have a, a piece of work of yours that you can look back that you're like, that was when I, I felt confident and, and really thought you'd made it? I don't know about made it. I always enjoyed the work. I mean, I, I, I liked the movie I directed, uh, Open Season. Yes. I loved, I loved Arliss. Open I, Season was great. Uh, thank you. I loved Arliss. Um, I enjoyed, well, remember, I had more of a creative input in those, but I had a great time on Good Morning Vietnam and Bull Durham and Batman. Yeah. And was I was very lucky, you know, as far as that goes, you know. Was, 
Wolf was Good Wolf. Morning Vietnam the first time you'd worked with like Robin and and those guys? Well, first time in the movie, I know Robin since he first stepped on stage. Well, he stayed stage the improv. Nice. Uh, before, just before Mork and Mindy started, so I knew Robin. So that was kind of fun because I didn't know Robin. Right. Uh, and uh, that was a special guy. Um, so, uh, but as far as um, as far as the uh, other stuff, I mean, yeah, I mean, I liked I, I, I liked, I, I liked, you know, Ar Arliss was great because I could tell any story I wanted. Mm -hmm. It was like I would come up with an idea and say, let's do a story about, you know, uh, you know domestic abuse. Right. Ball players. And a month later, it's in the can. Yeah. So uh, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, that was wonderful. Did you ever get any flack when you were doing Arliss for like from sports guys and anything like that? Going like, hey, that that story's a little too close to home. Like, are you talking about me? Not really. What well, because what we would do mm -hmm. is we hear stories about people and certain things that happen. And I was, I mean, so what we would do is we would change the sport. Um, you know, we would never keep it in the same sport. Right. <laughs> so you could do do it another way. Now, somebody did once call us. It wasn't a, uh, the, the, the person involved. But they said, oh, great way to tell the so-and-so story. Uh, <laughs> that's, but I did, never got, I, no, not really. I don't, anybody get a slack? The, only, the thing we got flack for more than anything else is when an athlete got cut out sometimes. Oh, um, wow. So, but that, that's, that happens. Yeah. Uh, no, no, they, we were very fortunate. And, and HBO, we, I, the notes I got were basically, Robert, does it have to be that pornographic? <laughs> you know, I said, "Well, I'm trying to push the, you know, but, you know yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a little strong, you know." Yeah. Okay, but that was, you know, that was that was HBO gave me, they they pretty much left me alone. Right. Nice. Yeah. Are you are you pretty good at like leaving a project behind if 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 it's not you know if it doesn't get picked up or something like that? Like, are you like? Are you like, okay, you know what? That didn't work. I'm going to move on to the next thing. Or is it always in the back of your head? Like, why the fuck can't I get well, this done? Well, you got to leave it behind. I guess, <clears throat> you, you know, you, you think back and I love it. But, I mean, you have to leave. I mean, this, again, I think sports <clears throat> helps me back because, you know, in baseball, you've got another game tomorrow. Um, yeah. yep. I, to, I remember being on the road with a, a woman comic one time. And she had a show. And we were in uh, San Francisco called Sunnyvale. And... She had a show, and she didn't like the way her show went that night. Mm -hmm. We were back at the comedy condo or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, I said, well, okay, well, you know, just forget about it. You know, you got another game tomorrow. And, uh, you know, just forget about it. You know, do And she said, oh, I hope I never come up with that attitude. And I said, well, I got to tell you, it's the only attitude to take. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got to forget about it. You got to go to the next one. Yeah. You, you do what you can. Make the adjustments. Again, baseball references. Yeah, <laughs> um, sports records, but I mean, you, you can't hang on to this stuff, right? You know, or do something about it, change the stuff tomorrow, but you don't, don't. I mean, you got another show tomorrow, yeah, absolutely. That's a great attitude to have with it. Yeah. I think the only attitude, you know, it's like otherwise, you're gonna be, you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna go back into the room and put, blow your brains out. Yeah, have you ever thought about putting a book together of like just I have. I mean, I've been writing this thing for a while and then I lost my computer. And so oh. everything together back again, yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the stories, you know, it's um, it's funny because I was just telling my wife that uh, I was watching Chris Wallace the other day that show on HBO on CNN and then Quentin Tarantino on. Yeah. yeah. About you know you know those guys together and 
you know, and I knew Harvey, you know, in fact, I remember there was one time you know, years ago, I was, uh, it was a year that the New York Film Critics Awards gave Pulp Fiction uh, the Best Screenplay Award. Right. And, uh, and Martin Landau got Best Supporting Actor for Ed Wood, and Martin and I just done Mistress, and he asked me to present. So, right. I, so I presented the award to him. We had a nice time. It was a wonderful dinner. Uh, Quentin uh, and so Quentin uh, and, and and Harvey and I went to Elaine's afterwards, and we just talked movies the whole night. Now, uh, and, and it was interesting. Now, five minutes before I go on the air with you guys, mm -hmm. I get a text from my friend uh, Tom saying, "I mean, this is you know, like literally five minutes." A text saying, "What does it say here?" Tarantino quotes you and your take on Bullet in his new book. <laughs> and I say, what, what, what did I say? I mean, what did I say? He says, you've seen the movie numerous times and still don't know what it's about. Uh, <laughs> which I do believe that's true with Bullet. I think it's a great chase scene. Yeah. Right. The, um, but, uh, uh, you know, so, but, you know, so that was cool. Uh, but things happen. I mean, here's a, I mean, another one. Oh, we talked about Bobby Slayton. Yeah, and uh, I, I told you the uh, I told you the Woody story, right? I don't remember what I thought covered in this thing. Did I say yeah. the Woody story here? No, no, I don't think so. About the party? Oh, okay. no. So Bobby knew that I'm a huge Woody fan. Yeah. So and and Bobby's brilliant, and but Bobby Woody loves Bobby. Woody loves Bobby. Puts wow. him out, and uh, but he likes because he's a comic. Mm. So Bobby mm. probably like once a year, Woody has a dinner. He's a dinner party, and he has Bobby invite a bunch of comics because he wants to hear jokes. Yeah. Well, I said, well, you absolutely invite me. He says he has him at his friend's house, you know, and uh, it's a private dinner. And I go, absolutely invite me the next time. And sure enough, the next time it comes, about a year or two later, he says, Woody's having a dinner tomorrow night. And I go, shit, I'm in L.A. I said, I can't make it. And I and believe I thought about getting on a plane and going. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't go. Which you know is a is a total missed opportunity, except for the fact that the friend's house that he had this at with all the other comics was a guy by the name of Jeffrey Epstein. So what? well, that was his buddy. Oh wow, that was his good buddy. I mean, right. Woody would fly in his plane, and they would, you know. So I can just see that I could have been there having a great time. Probably would have had my arm around him taking a picture. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. Happened. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. So, you know, that's... Holy you know, shit, though. That would have been... Yeah, could you imagine? Yeah. Right, but it's not like... It's just one of those things that... I mean, I would have been in the party, had a picture, but who knows? Oh, but you, know, you supported this guy. You know, who knows what a cancel culture Yeah. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you get your... If you got your picture next to him... Yeah. <laughs> with a 12-year-old girl... Right. You know, right, yeah, Bobby, exactly. Bobby said there were young women there. Oh my right. God! Or it's just you in between Woody Allen and Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, <laughs> I can clock Epstein out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you could. I have no problem with me with Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. Woody, Woody's great, man. I don't understand any of that. Like, I, I've read ad nauseum all that shit about Woody, and I, I mean, it just blows my mind that they're still on it. But hey, what are you gonna do? I don't know. Well, partly it's because you know why. For Ronan yeah, Jack of course. Did the Hatchet job piece on HBO? Yeah. And, oh and, man, brutal. You know, and and whatever you know, it's like yeah. you know, you know, it's like you, I did. I read his biography, and um, he pointed out something that my friend, who was totally anti Woody, said. It's the one thing that gave her doubt was the fact that 
apparently he goes, so this is the only time. Right. One instance. You know, that's usually not the MO. Right. Of you know, of somebody who's into you're doing pedophilia. It's not just one time. Yeah, yeah. And I have worked with over a thousand actresses, crew members, fe- I mean, female actresses, crew members. Are, not one complaint has ever been on me on any way, shape, or form. Right. Well, now, does that mean that the one time wasn't the only time? Yeah, no, yeah. Your own conclusion. But, you know, what do you mean it's too much? Create a, but, 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 but you have to separate the personal from the professional. You have to. My dad was good about that. He was really good about separating personal from professional. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's the thing. It's not like I have any stake in, in whether or not, you know, it, it happened or not. It's just that, but I feel like if you're, if you're looking at the, the information and the facts and everything, it's like you, you have to, you know, you have to draw that kind of conclusion to begin with. One of the things I remember reading uh, when they were going through the court case and stuff like that is that she had written him a note and was basically like, you took something away from me and now I'm going to take something away from you and then accused. So it's like, Holy fucking shit. Like she wrote, she wrote the thing in, on paper. You know, again, this, this will go round and round. So it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things. Okay. Um, before I go, I, 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 I got to run. A um, couple of things. Mm-hmm. Let me get your opinion. Sure. Of two or three movies. Ooh, all right. That everyone loves mm-hmm. or is a classic in it and you don't. Ooh, okay. Oh. Oh my god! Uh, movies that everyone loves and that I don't. That's a good. That's a fun. What about you, Tom? What do you got any? <laughs> this is horrible. Um, it's a Wonderful Life did not ring to me as classically as it does everybody else. I think that's one. I'll tell you. I I'm uh, everybody loves Greece, and I don't give a fuck. I watched it. I've had to watch it with uh, uh, plenty of girlfriend. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know what it is. I'm, I don't know what I'm missing about it. Maybe it's the singing and the musical. I don't know. I like some musicals, but Grease, I didn't get it. That's one. That's another one for me. Grease. So you want me? You want three? Yeah, give me a couple. Grease. Um, let's see. What's another one that I'm not a big. My fan wife of? just chimed in with Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> she no. doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. I'm with Star- her. <laughs> um, I, do, I, mean, I do get it. Yep. I just think, okay. And, 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 you know, I do get it, and I enjoyed the first one. But yep. then I saw the second one. I said, okay, okay. So this is just you know, it's a serial thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, that's a whole cult. By the way, I'm not the biggest sci-fi fan in the world, and you know, that's not my genre. You know, stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Batman, but superheroes isn't my genre either. Again, you were and ahead of your time. Point, to that point, the first movie for me that comes across that I just don't like at all, I respect it, don't like it, 2001. I can't stand this movie. It's boring as hell. Right, <laughs> right. I find it so dull, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of another movie, another couple movies. You know what? I mean, there was one that, that came out recently that everybody seemed to really like, and it was... Uh, it just disturbed the fuck. Did you see the lighthouse? No, it was with Willem Dafoe and um, that's was... a classic movie. I mean, oh, a classic. Oh, you mean like a classic classic? Yeah, okay. I mean when yeah, you say Greece and you say Star Wars or yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. Little you say bit... Kane, I get that. You know. Yeah, but... yeah. Um, classic movie again that everybody loves. You know what I don't like? I don't like um, because he said the Christmas movie. Don't like Holiday Inn. If I gotta go, people people either love Holiday Inn or White Christmas. Well, Crosby movie, you mean? 
Yeah, I love White Christmas. Danny okay. K, Bing Crosby, Rosemary Clooney. Yeah. Best fucking movie. I've seen Holiday Inn. I think uh, I love Fred Astaire, but I think he's a dick. And I don't I don't think he's a likable in that movie. And no. I and I really just don't like it. Okay. Here's but another I, one for me. It's Gone with the Wind. I hate God. <laughs> yeah, that's not a- I find this woman to be such a, 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 a feckless, uh, you know, this Scarlett O'Hara. She's fighting for the cause. What yeah. cause are you talking about here? Slavery? That's your cause? <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I'm not going to give up my plantation. <laughs> It's like, and she's jerking off uh, uh, Clark Gable because she wants to marry her sister's husband. It's like, I don't like Gone with the Wind at all. Yeah. That's that's one. That's another, yeah. That's That's a classic. Yeah. Oh, God. What else, too? Another classic movie that everyone loves. Um, I'm not a big fan of, uh, um, whatchamacallit, the one with, um, God damn, Norton. The one with the Cary Grant, um, and I love Cary Grant, but uh, North by Northwest, I think it's called. Okay, here's where we're disagreeing. <laughs> Do you? I, I, I've only seen it once, but I just, I don't know what it is, man. I, I don't know if it's too long or what it is, but it's got some really, really slow. Some parts of it I love, but I think there's like a chunk where I'm like, I man, I can understand that. I mean, it's not or that I, I hate love, it. I just and the music's so great. It's just music it's, is fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah the, uh, yeah, I disagree. With the, here's the one. Here's another one. My manager and I disagree, but he likes 2001 also. I'll tell you the one that I think is just, it's got some good scenes, but it's much too long. Uh, Apocalypse Now. I'm not a big oh, Apocalypse yeah. Now fan. Yeah. I just, it goes, it, it, to me, it's like somebody said, it's a long way to go to find out the store's closed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the, yeah. I go, yeah, yeah, that's about it. That's true. Absolutely it's, true. I never thought of it like that. people think it's the, one of the best movies ever made. Again, right. I like those kind of things. You know, we're talking big, you know, we're talking 2001, Apocalypse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah, I think about, I maybe I'll watch North by Northwest again, but like, I love all those movies. I love the Hitchcock stuff. But for some reason, I would just be like, man, there's a there's a piece of it that's slow for me. But I'll watch it again. I can, I can see that by today's standards. I can, yeah. I can see that. But he's, um, so, he's so great. Oh, he's good. Cary Grant is one of my favorite movies that I watch every year is Arsenic and Old Lace. Halloween, October, the best. Watch a movie of his called The Awful Truth. Oh, I've never seen that. Or His Girl Friday. His oh, Girl His Girl Friday. Friday is so good. I mean, the people talk in His Girl Friday so fast. It is amazing how fast they talk in this movie. It is. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> when I showed it to like film classes, they drop their jaw because they're talking so fast. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a movie that I really really like yeah you know, absolutely um before I, you go i got okay i don't hate what movie i'm not the biggest fan of. uh as far as go you know, oh yeah i'm just not a fan i mean it's like i get it but i mean so you're saying if you're an idiot you should go through life's dumb i mean <laughs> everything will be okay I, right I, it's I, I it's i mean it's i know it's meant well and it, you know, it's but I just and I get not getting it, but I could watch it multiple times, which yeah. makes me even though I don't attract towards it, I'm like if it's on, I wouldn't change it. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Now, what other movies do you do you not turn off? A few oh, good men, good. I can leave on immediately. It, it, does, it, it does catch me there too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if that pops on, man, I I'm I'm like boom, whatever whatever uh you know whatever part of the movie it's on. Um, Independence Day, I find myself like. 
It's it's something I could leave on in the background because it's my, I know what's going to happen. It's kind of mindless. Um, but it's I love uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum. You know what I mean? That care, you know, the whole yeah. thing. Um, Jurassic Park, one of my favorite movies. I don't know since I was a kid. I think it's the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. But like when I was a kid, man, dinosaurs in the movie theater. Holy shit. That was the best. Okay. Um, yeah. movies and Goodfellas not... for me, for sure. Like, sure. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you another one. I, well, kids were, Bronx Tale. Shawshank. Oh, yes. Shawshank is a great one. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I get you to this all the time. I get to Shawshank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few, a few good men. I, I wind up watching it, but it's because of Jack. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't need the rest of the movie. Just get to the two scenes with Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's fucking great, man. Yeah, um, yeah I love that. That stuff always gets me all the time. Um, actually, and you know course, what? And of course, the Godfathers. Yes, the God. Yeah. Oh, the trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. That's not the-, the trilogy. Not the trilogy. You won't watch the trilogy. Three. Yeah, it was bad. Abortion. I mean, that it's like Ron. I remember talking with Rob Reiner, and he was saying we talked about Godfathers. He goes, and Rob Reiner says Godfather Three doesn't exist. It just, <laughs> it, 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 it just doesn't exist. It's like Michael Jordan playing for the Washington Wizards. It never happened. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Godfather. You know what's interesting is they they did this whatever recutting it last year, and I yeah. watched it again, and it still sucks. Yeah, you know that movie Godfather Three is dreadful. It was it was brutal. Yeah. But Absolutely. One and, two, one and two are awfully good. Yeah, one and two are great. Yeah. You know what that. I feel? And I know we talked about the Star Wars thing for a second, but that last iteration, the last Star Wars movie, the quote unquote last one. I fuck. I was like, that was pure garbage. I don't want to watch. Like, that does not exist for me. I'm like, just stop. Stop I've making. Seen, I've only seen two of them. Oh, really? The one. I saw the first one and the second one. No, that's not true. I saw one about three or four years ago. We were walking by a theater that was having a preview show. I was with my goddaughter, and I said, oh, I'm a member of the skills. Let's go in. And I fell asleep on it. I, but I fall asleep in the movies a bunch. Wow. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I fell asleep on the Elvis the other day. Uh, saw that. The, I didn't. I didn't like. Uh, did you like it? I didn't like no, it. No, no. Terrible. Here's the thing about Elvis, and my wife, who was a big Elvis fan, said, "Number one, the guy playing him was too effeminate." Yeah. Said, very. And number, I go. Here's what bothered me about Elvis. I was an Elvis fan, and Elvis was funny. Yeah. Elvis charm. He was funny. There's not an ounce of humor in this guy in the movie. Nope. Yeah, you know, it's just it's bad. Lerman's talk, you know, whistles. Yeah, I have yeah. to run. Um, can I ask you the last three questions we ask every guest? Yes, of course. Okay, okay, here we go. First question is a little bit of a softball one, but if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself that would help you today? Buy Apple, <laughs> solid, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, second question is what had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? Well, that's interesting. Um, well, the, my, when my father died, that because he was a pretty influential figure, but there was also a relief of pressure in a certain way. Hmm. Um, but it, yes, it helped me a lot, but I sure wish he was around. I would have made better decisions in a certain way. Nice. That's profound. Um, and the third question ties into the show. If this was a genuine dystopia... More so than it is today, uh, like if there was a government collapse or aliens invading or a zombie apocalypse or a meteor heading toward Earth, but you wake up and it's everybody's last day on Earth. What would be your epic death? How are you going out and what's happening? 
Well, first thing I do is I go to Langer's and get a, a pastrami sandwich with coleslaw and Russian dressing. Oh, that would be number one. Nice. Um, what am I gonna do? Yeah. Uh, I want that. I want to eat something. Um, would you listen to any music? Will be like the last record. I'd probably watch a movie of some kind. I might mm. watch. I'm trying to think what I'd watch. There's a great old Jack Benny film, Burns Lubitsch film, called To Be or Not To Be, which is a great movie. Maybe I'll watch that. I love The Big Country, the Western. Oh, yeah. Uh, what would I want to do? I would. The other hand would be, I, seriously, no, I'd have to go, you see, I'd have to go find certain people because I figure I'm taking you with me. You know, <laughs> there's certain people that's like, ah, I'll take you with me. Uh, so I, I don't really, as far as that goes, um, my, you know, I want to be with my dogs. Nice. Nice. Very nice, man. Love it. Thank Perfect. you so much, man. This has been crazy fun. I hope you had a good time. Okay. Thank you. Oh, good. Yeah. It was awesome. Thanks pleasure. so much for coming on. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks so much, man. Yep. Take care, man. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. Bye.